you're listening to the Harford County Living Podcast. Thank you for coming, and please send any suggestions or comments to podcast at harfordcountyliving.com. The Harford County Living Podcast is produced for your enjoyment, and show notes can be found at harfordcountyliving.com. Come back often, and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. If you would like to be a guest on the Harford County Living Podcast, free of charge, please contact us at podcast at harfordcountyliving.com. Now we will begin the podcast right after this. Harford County has something new for everyone. Now at Town Grill and Pub, they also feature vegan meals and gluten-free meals. Also, the Sunset Patio at the Pub also has live music on the weekends. So make sure you make it down to Town Grill and Pub in the Joppa Town Shopping Center, 1006 Joppa Farm Road in Joppa Town. Call them at 410-538-4665 or visit them at town, T-O-W-N-E, grillandpub.com and actually order online and check out some of these delicious vegan meals. I'd like to welcome everybody to the Harford County Living Podcast uh, and I want to thank the Harford County Health Department. They invited us back and we're in here uh, today because October of course is Breast Cancer Awareness Month uh, so we're going to be discussing that and I want to thank Town Grill and Pub uh, for being our sponsor again. Uh, they now have, of course they have the patio out back Maybe wintertime they'll keep it open too. Who knows? They got the heaters. But they also have something that I don't believe Harford County or even part of Barnum County has, and that's a vegan menu and gluten-free menu. Um, so I know, I've talked to a lot of friends that are vegan, and they are happy about this. And grilled portobello mushroom sandwich, black bean. Okay, let's stop talking about food. Black bean burger and all that. Just get down there and try it. So uh, I'm going to go around the table, have everybody introduce themselves. Who wants to go first? Oh, they're pointing at each other. I love this. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. You can, we'll go this way. You're right in front of me, and we'll work our way around. <laughs> Hi, I'm Debbie Asaro, uh, nurse navigator with in Office of Cancer Prevention. Hi, I'm Aya Schumann. I'm the community health educator with the Cancer Prevention Program. Hi, I'm Susan Twig. I'm a nurse with the health department. I'm the director of cancer prevention. Hi, I'm Wendy Richard. I'm a nurse. I'm with the Office of Cancer Prevention Services and the coordinator of the Breast and Cervical Cancer Program. Hi, I'm Sue Johnston, and I work for the Office of Cancer Prevention, and I'm a nurse navigator. Everybody else, Sarah didn't make it, so we're safe. Um, all right, I, luckily, I gave me some questions, so um, because. I, I know with breast cancer, there are some questions you can ask, some you shouldn't. So I'm glad you gave me this. It helps out. So whoever wants to start, I'll, I'll let you chime in. But what exactly is breast cancer? Sure, sure. I can speak to that. So cancer begins in the cells. And with normal cells in the breast and other parts of the body, um, cells grow and divide to form um, new cells as needed. So when normal cells get old or damaged, they die and new cells take their place. With cancer, this process basically goes wrong. So new cells grow when the body doesn't need them, or old and damaged cells don't die as they should. And these extra cells form masses of tissue. So they're usually referred to as lumps, growths, or tumors. And tumors can be benign, which means not cancerous, or malignant, which does mean um, cancerous. Um, men can actually have breast cancer too, but this disease is about 100 times more common in women than in men. Why is that? Um, I think it's because, um, well, maybe I can 
throw that to one of the nurses. I'm guessing it's because um, a lot of the um, breast cancers are estrogen driven and they deal with um, various hormones that tissue. women have. I was going to say maybe not as much tissue, tissue. in or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Not, not all the cancers are estrogen driven, but um, some of them are hormone dependent. Right. I'm, I'm thinking that might be as a result. Okay. And what's the best way to detect breast cancer? Um, mammograms for sure. Uh, mammograms help to find breast changes in cancer years before the actual symptoms develop. Um, so research shows that women who have regular mammograms are more likely to have breast cancer found early, are less likely to need aggressive treatment or need surgery to have their entire breast removed, um, and uh, less likely to need chemotherapy and are more likely to be cured. Now, is is that number going down now or is it going up? I mean, um, how, how does it seem to be? I mean, how common is it now? Yeah, so... Um, Breast cancer rates, they're um, not rising, thankfully. Um, death rates from breast cancer have dropped from about 1989 to 2007. So since 2007, breast cancer death rates have been steady, okay. um, generally in women younger than 50, um, but have continued to decrease in older women, which is, again, wonderful. Um, this is probably likely due to breast cancer being found earlier through screening and uh, increased awareness, also better treatment options. Is there a certain age where you should start checking or, I mean, all the time or, I mean, who, who, I guess who's at risk of getting it? I mean, certain age groups, younger, older? There, there are many risk factors for breast cancer. Uh, some you cannot change, like being a woman, uh, getting older, the risk actually increases with age. Uh, early onset of a menstrual period. So usually before age 12 puts you at an increased risk. Late menopause after the age of 55 increases your risk. Also hereditary. Five to 10% of breast cancers are thought to be hereditary, meaning they're a result from gene defects called mutations that are passed on from a parent. So it is hereditary, mm -hmm. okay. So actually if you have a first degree relative, meaning mother, sister, or daughter, that have had breast cancer, it doubles your risk. If you have two first-degree relatives, that triples your risk for breast cancer. If you have a personal history of breast cancer, you know, that increases your risk for it returning. Uh, your race or ethnicity does play a role also. Caucasian women are more at risk, but African-American women are more likely to die from the disease. Really? Once they're diagnosed. And they think that is um, for disparity reasons. Maybe they haven't had insurance to be screened or they probably are detected at a later stage where it's um, more advanced and harder to treat. Uh, also women with dense breast tissue that can uh, put them at risk because they might not be able to see clearly enough on the mammograms to have identified something early. Uh, certain lesions, uh, atypical ductal hyperplasia or atypical lobular hyperplasia can put a woman at risk. Uh, radiation treatments or therapy to your chest if somebody's had cancer and have had to have radiation therapy. Um, exposure to DES, diethyl stilbestrol, that hasn't been used for many years, but that would put the daughters of a woman that took that medicine at risk. 
And what was that medicine taken for? Uh, a wide variety of different treatments. Um, one was to help women who miscarried to try to keep subsequent pregnancies. Um, so that is no longer being used, but it does put the daughter at risk after the age of 40. Do you know when they stopped using it? I believe I saw in the 70s. Oh, okay. They did so. And, um, and also never having children before does put a woman at risk. Really? Mm-hmm. And these make your risk of breast, developing breast cancer higher. But just because you may have one or more of these risk factors doesn't mean you're definitely going to get breast cancer. Right. It just increases your risk. There are, in fact, different things that can decrease your risk factor for developing breast cancer as well. So we talked about something that could increase, but limiting alcohol consumption can help decrease your risk for breast cancer. Maintaining a healthy weight, staying physically active, and breastfeeding can help decrease. Huh. I didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. Oh, go ahead. You're getting ready to say something uh, else? Well, also there are a couple different things. The first, we mentioned things that you cannot change that will increase your risk. But here are a couple things that could you could avoid to try to help decrease your risk. Okay. Uh, birth control use can put a woman at increased risk for breast cancer, especially oral contraceptives, uh, birth control shots, um, birth control implants, IUDs, skin patches, or even vaginal rings. Hormone therapy after menopause can put a woman at risk for breast cancer. Why do they keep this stuff out there then? I mean, isn't there something better to use <laughs> well yeah don't <laughs> but, <I> mean, <laughs> yeah, but seriously I mean, yeah. I mean you like you said the shot's pretty new isn't it the birth control oh, shot no no, no, no it's been out no. for a while a long time wow and that but that increases the risk wow okay i'm sorry go ahead what else decreases okay. it <laughs> oh well just those few things okay i have winning those plus the other, the limiting alcohol, staying a healthy weight, um, being physically active, and breastfeeding can help decrease. Now, now what are the actual symptoms? Uh, early stages of breast cancer typically do not have any symptoms at all. Uh, a mass or a lump in the breast could be a sign of early symptom of breast cancer or even late. Um, nipple discharge would be an early sign. Nipple and areola scaliness and peeling flaky skin, or skin dimpling, or uh, like a sunken in area, like a retraction of the skin, can show there's a growth in there. Uh, now, are those symptoms the same in men, or do we know? Mm. I do not know the symptoms okay. from male breast cancer. Okay, now, and you guys have a program here for that, right? Yes. Can you explain about the program? Yes, let me can. Okay. So our program um, started way back in 1992. Um, The Center for Disease Control actually um, started giving money to all the jurisdictions in the United States, meaning each state got so much money for 
women that are, it started with women 50 and older that do not have Medicare B, along with Medicare A, to get an annual screening. Um, so it's mo it started out with women that had no insurance or were basically what they consider underinsured. They also have to be of low income, um, which is 250% of poverty level. Um, so at that point, they were still advocating women to get, to start getting screened at age 40. So this program with the CDC was only for women 50 and older. So um, the state of Maryland in 1998 then added a pot of money for women 40 to 49 okay. to get their screenings done. So we have two grants. So one is through the state and one is through the CDC. Um, so in order to be eligible, <laughs> they have to be a woman. So you are addressing men. We don't, unfortunately, the funding does not cover men. Um, so we aren't real depth at knowing all those statistics about right. men and breast cancer. But, so in order to qualify, they have to be a woman. They must um, reside in the state of Maryland and be a Maryland resident. They have to be age 40 to 64 or without Medicare B coverage, because that actually covers the screening. So they don't really need us to do that. Um, be underinsured or uninsured. So that means they have no health insurance at all. Or say they have health insurance and it has, they have a copay or they have a deductible or something like that. So we may be able to come in then and help pay part of that or even all of what they may owe, okay. and that way they can get it done for no, no cost to them at all. Um, and then again, like I said, they have to meet the income guidelines. So that's 250% of poverty level, and we do not give that actual information out about how many are in the family and what the actual income level is. Right. Um, so we would screen them when they call into us. And then once they qualify, what happens next? Um, once they qualify, um, Basically, we, we first do um, some paperwork with them, get um, their history to find out, you know, what, you know, what they actually need done, because we also have a, a cervical as part of this, so some people, they don't always need the pap test done. So then once we get consents back from them, um, we set their appointments up with one of our providers. We get contracts um, with providers in the community who are private providers to see the women for their GYN exam. And then we have contracts with the two main facilities up here that do the mammograms, which is advanced radiology and progressive radiology. So we always set them up to see the provider first because they must get a um, referral from the doctor for the mammogram. And our program dictates they need to have that breast exam done before they have the mammogram. Okay. The reasoning behind that is so that if the doctor feels a lump or something that the client haven't, hasn't felt, that he can actually order um, what I consider a higher tech mammogram. Most people just get a screening mammogram and then there's also a diagnostic mammogram. And with the diagnostic, they actually do more views of the breast. So if the doctor's feeling something, they hopefully they can see that more clearly. Sometimes they will also do an ultrasound if they need to. And that usually picks up and delineates whether somebody has a cyst. And that cysts are benign. So that way we know it's not a cancerous lesion okay. that we need to worry about. Do you, do you know how many, how many women were actually, I guess on the average, how many are screened each uh, year from you all? Through our program last year, we did uh, 55 women in our CDC grant and 35 through our state. Um, we used to do many more uh, before the change in our health care system, 
and our numbers dropped, but now we're coming back up again with numbers, being, going out and trying to find more women that are maybe more underinsured, because we used to service mostly people that had no health insurance prior to you know, our new healthcare system. How many, how do women find out about this? I guess is a good question because I mean, a lot of people don't know about you guys. So how do women find out? So we partake in a lot of different outreach um, efforts. So we go out into the community and we visit community organizations. We go to okay. senior centers, churches, health fairs. We do um, presentations. Um, anywhere where we can inform the public about the importance of getting screened and um, ways to reduce the risk when possible. So we do a lot of educational outreach. Okay. And, and if somebody wants to get involved with the program, how do they contact you? They can give us a call. Um, again, it's the um, Hartford County Health Department Cancer Prevention Services. Our number is 410-612-1780. Again, 410 612 one seven eight zero and just say that they're interested in having us come out potentially just telling us a little bit more about what their initiatives are or their organization is and um, we can go from there okay it looked like you were getting ready to say something or throw something at me so. or, or if they're interested in going through the breast cancer screening program they could just let us know um, that they have questions or want more information or interest in themselves and then one of our nurses will talk to them and walk them through and ask them the questions needed to see if they're eligible for the program and then to explain it more. Okay and women should get screened every year right? Yes. And um, why is that important? As of now our program still advocates women 40 or over to get right. a breast exam and a mammogram once a year and that's because the earlier we find something the higher the chances of a longer survival rate, basically. Um, and now they're starting to do, well first we did regular film mammograms, then we went to digital, and um, now they've upped that to even 3D mammograms. So women that are even at higher risk, a doctor sometimes might order what they call 3D. So that's what they consider three-dimensional. So if we went, I actually went to a workshop that a radiologist was getting, was speaking at it was really quite interesting because he showed like the difference between how much is seen how clearly on a 2D versus a 3D so we might see new statistics and more cancers being found even smaller as time goes on but we don't get those statistics for several years after so just and not all insurances are covering the 3D yet um, we can only cover it if the doctor feels it's necessary. Right. Um, but eventually, just like when they started with the digital ones, eventually, years down the line, everybody's going to be getting probably a 3D. And that's when several years later will be interesting to see how those rates increased of finding cancers earlier. Um, so that's why it's really important to do it every year, you know, because the earlier we find it, you know, the better. Right. Now, with October being Breast Cancer Awareness Month, are, is there like any workshops set up or anything set up to you know for these women to come to? Um, so I, I usually go out into the community um, on an um, usually when people request. Um, you but they know, have presence. to request, right? <laughs> Generally, um, yes, that's normally how it works. Okay. We usually go out to senior centers, like I said. Um, I'm doing a presentation at the senior center one um, at a church. Um, but again, if anyone's interested, they can contact us. But um, 
that's the I think the majority of the events that are taking place for October for us. Okay, so all right, like with me, I'm in the Lions Club. Yes. So in other words, Lions Club, if we want to set up something free, is it like free screening or whatever? Or, I mean, or just well, usually it's just educational ses okay. sessions where we just um, describe um, our program more in depth, and we also um, go into ways to again reduce risk. We just inform the community about the importance of getting screened because a lot of people don't know. Right. Um, so usually it's more educational and also informative about our program. But yeah. Um, so any organization, not just Lions Club, but it, they, they can reach out to you and say, look, we want to invite people to the community, um, have you guys talk to them, explain how important it is to get screened and the risk and how to decrease the risk, which I like. I mean, everybody always talks about the risk, but not really how to decrease it. Right, right. You know, and, and there's certain lifestyle stuff, lifestyle habits and things like that that we can do that can help, again, reduce the risk. So. We always try to inform people because a lot of people don't know that the behaviors that they're partaking in are contributing to increasing their risk. Um, you know, the alcohol one, a lot of people don't know that the more that they drink, it can increase. They might not like carrying it, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's, it's something. Well, that <laughs> see, that's because you hear sometimes like, oh, red wine, you should have a glass of red wine a day. Okay, with, of course, some people tend to think that. That glass should be 48 <laughs> ounces or something. But, I mean, you hear stuff, but then you hear decrease. So I guess moderate. Right. Well, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Susan's like, well. <laughs> but the, is the difference in how much a woman should drink and how much a man should drink, and a woman is less. And actually, to decrease your risk for breast cancer, Really, the amount is that you should drink a day is small. Um, so you were just talking about wine. So table wine, um, one drink would be considered five ounces. So if they right. fill up a uh, wine the glass, big, don't fill up the big gulp. No, <laughs> right. yeah, no, not at all. And they're actually saying that you should have more days that you don't drink than days that you do drink and that makes sense yes, <laughs> i mean to me definitely should be um and for women they should limit their intake to no more than one drink a day five ounces yeah well for wine it's five ounces um Beer, it's actually 12 ounces. So one beer, um, okay. Brandy, 1.5 ounces. Alcoholic lemonade, 12 ounces. Um, liquor, 80 proof, is 1.5 ounces. And liquor, 100 proof, ooh, that's 1.5 <laughs> ounces. <laughs> How much, wait a minute, 100 proof is what? 1.5 ounces. Oh, I thought you said 5 ounces. Oh, no. <laughs> wow. No, no, no. So essentially a shot, <laughs> a shot or a yeah. glass of wine or of one beer. And if you, and that's per day, so it doesn't count if you save up all your five days right. and then you go way over. <laughs> so even though if you save up Monday through Friday, don't drink at all, and you think, okay, I'll save up and drink all that on Saturday. It doesn't work Sunday. that way. No, it's only per day. What Are there certain foods you can eat to help prevent or lower your risk? I, the reason I ask is I, I, 
Uh, maybe it's the internet. I don't know. But I, I've heard a lot like cinnamon and raw honey is very good, uh, you know, for certain types of cancer. Uh, asper- somebody told me asparagus too. Well, there's a lot of studies out there, um, and we're always careful before we um, inform the community about following studies because you have to look at the how the study was conducted, the right. rigor in which it was conducted with, and um, is it a gold standard study? Is it double-blinded? Things like that. And who did they actually study? Like, what right. population did they study? There are some studies out there, um, like I said, but I always tell people just to, you know, be, be cautious and, you know, talk to their healthcare um, practitioner before they... Um, go, go making assumptions because you see a lot of information out there and um, not all of it is, is created equal. Not all studies are created equal. Not all the information is. But there are some foods out there that you know are known to be health promoting. We know that we need to eat more whole foods. That's, that's just known. Right. Whole foods, fruits and vegetables. It's like the common sense things as opposed to trying to find like a miracle cure in one substance you know, if you just um, limit your processed foods, limit the alcohol, um, red meats as well, we know that um, in processed meats, those are the kind of things that we usually tell the community as opposed to like, you know, advocating for a specific miracle right. food. Even though, you know, um, food in its natural form, if we, do, if we do eat the way we should, then, you know, usually you're at a better chance of being healthier. Okay. Sue, you're being awfully quiet over there. I'm just taking it all in. <laughs> now, and you're a survivor, right? I am, as well, of I, this year. Well, congratulations. Thank you. That's awesome. And, Thank you. And you don't have to answer this, but when you found out, I guess, I mean, what was your the first thing that went through your mind? Well, to be honest with you, I was in a total state of shock okay. because I went for my annual mammogram and I had absolutely no symptoms. No lumps, bumps, nothing could be felt. Really? And unbeknownst to me, that was the beginning of my journey with breast cancer. So, you, nothing, no symptoms? At nothing. Is, so the screening is what nothing. picked it up? The early screening, um, the year prior, there was nothing on the mammogram. And then in 2011, when I went for my annual, um, they did find a tumor. Um, and luckily, since I had gone year after year, they picked it up and it was only a stage one. Uh, so, it, you know, I did not have to have chemotherapy. Uh, and here I am just about six years later. And I know deep in my heart that that mammogram saved my life. Yeah, it's again. It's why it's important for women to get screened. I guess all the time, and there are a lot of stubborn women out there. Believe me, I I know. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, how? I guess how do you? How do you get it into their minds that they have that it is that important to get screened? Uh, I think fear has a lot to do with it. Um, people always say, "Well, I don't want to go looking for trouble." Uh, and we all feel that way. We don't want to go looking for trouble. However, right. it's, you know, the whole thing of catching it early and Just like in your the case, treatment uh, is a lot easier and your chances of survival are a lot higher. And what I tell people that question me about my situation is I tell them that if you can hold your breath for 15 seconds, you can have a mammogram. Wow. 
It's that easy. That's how quick it is? That's how quick it is when they take a picture. Really? Just like getting a picture taken. <laughs> yeah. You hold your breath and the machine clicks and they say, okay, you can breathe now. And right then there, there you go, Whitney. If you're listening, it's a lot quicker to do that than an MRI. Yeah, <laughs> much easier. And uh, if there are women out there, you know, the point is that we're trying to reach the women that don't have insurance, they're underinsured. Even if you have insurance and you're, you're afraid or you're scared, call us. Right. Call us. No matter what, call us. We'll try to help you. Because, I, 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 I mean, I've talked to women that have gone through that. And unfortunately, they weren't getting screened every year. Mm-hmm. But it's not just them that, I guess, the, it, it's, I mean, yeah, it's a big effect on them, but the family, too. And if you get screened every year, it's just... Well, like in your case, so much easier, right? Absolutely. I mean, um, if you would have waited five years, every five years, then I probably it probably would have spread to my organs or the bones, or and in those uh, cases, it's more difficult to treat. So early detection is key, and um, you have a lot more treatment options when you when it gets detected early. Now, do you go out and talk to people too? And because I know it seems like survivors, when they talk to people, it sinks in more. Right. Yeah. Um, my friends at the Town Grill have been involved um, with them and with Pam. Pam, she's um, great. Pam actually and Larry delivered an elect, uh, electric recliner to my house when I had surgery, and uh, Pam is now involved with women and their tattoos and uh, so there's a lot of talk going on Um, but we want to reach those folks um, that aren't aware right wow anybody got anything else to add I I just I get choked up when I hear a lot of this stuff Mm -hmm. one of the things I didn't explain about our program too is like we're doing paying for the screenings but if somebody is actually diagnosed or they think they need a biopsy, um, just want to make sure that they know, too, that there is a program um, through the state of Maryland, downtown of Baltimore City, that we um, help them apply for that actually would pay for biopsy and if it is cancer, any cancer treatment that's needed. Because that's real important because people worry, why should I get screened? You know, I don't have health insurance or my health insurance isn't going to cover everything. So we want to assure them that, you know, we do have this other program that we can um, put them into that will cover all that because cancer treatment is expensive. Yeah, I guess a lot of people... Some people don't get screened for that reason. And I guess a lot of people do think that, you know, they're not going to qualify because they make this money, but yet they still can't afford insurance. Either way, they should still call. Oh, always call because they, the, the guidelines of what, what a family of one, two, three, or four make increases every year. So you may not qualify one year, but certainly call back the next year because, you know, one year later you may not qualify. So definitely. Now, if somebody doesn't qualify, is there an, somebody else you can direct them to or...? Well, some of the, like the mammogram facilities, a lot of time will do like a reduced fee if a client okay. calls ahead of time. So we certainly give them any kind of tips like that that we know of. Um, 
one of the facilities or even reduce it even more if they can pay the whole amount the day they come in. So I always let them know those things and give them those phone numbers to call. Um, it's sort of harder with providers. You sort of would have to, you know, call around to providers. How much would you, you know, would you charge to see them for the for the GYN visit? Um, and some providers, you know, would charge less than others. So that is sort of hard to keep up with right. in terms of what, what they're going to charge. I just don't understand why people. A lot of people are scared to to not well not just get the screening, but if they can't afford it to reach out and look for the help. I don't know if it's pride or, but I, I mean, I, I just don't get it. I, I, and I've known people like that. You know, automatically they think right away that they're not gonna qualify. But they, they just need, they need, you need to call, call. Mm -hmm. and, and even if, it, even if they, if they have enough insurance and they can still get covered under, under their insurance, do you guys consult them? Well, another uh, portion that we started about um, one to two years ago was a navigation service also. Okay. So people that are fully insured, if they financially qualify, we can help them. Like if they don't know what providers they can use, um, we can refer them. We usually only you refer them to our providers um, because there are certain paperwork and requirements of our grant. But we certainly try as hard as we can to find them a provider they can go to through their insurance. And we can help set their appointments and remind them of their appointments. So, yes, we consider that the navigation portion okay. versus screening as if we would pay for any services. But a lot of people with the, all the new health insurances and the change in the, in the um, you know, all of our health care field, a lot of people got health insurance, but they just don't know where can I go. Right. Um, luckily, most of the mammogram facilities accept almost all insurances out there. It's more the providers that can be the difficult part. Okay. Now, and I don't know if you can answer this question, Sue. You may be able to. Um, what about support groups? I mean, for those of the, you know, those women that are diagnosed with it, I'm sure, yeah, support comes in strong for that. Do you guys recommend any support groups or? Besides family and friends, that's probably the biggest one. Most hospitals have a cancer survival support group. Oh, they, okay. um, like Upper Chesapeake has one. Mm -hmm. MedStar okay. Franklin Square has one. And yes, we have had people that have um, joined some of those, you know, those groups to get support. Um, amazingly enough, it seems like my last few people that have been diagnosed, they have had a family member that went through it. And that was who they used for support because they, you know, had already been through all the steps. And all right. The so everybody's different in what works for them. But, yes, we do let them know there's support groups out there. Um, also, I forget what the name of the one is, that they actually sometimes um, do like a one-for-one. One. Like they'll put them in touch with a survivor and that person helps them through the okay. process too. Do you know the name of that? I can't. I forget the name of that. But the hospitals, it's the same. Mm -hmm. It's through the same okay. you know, support groups at the hospital. That okay. Has, so. Anybody else? That's too quick. That wasn't even. Oh, yeah, it was. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Almost an hour. I want to thank you all, and Sue. God, thank you. Congratulations. And I want to just express again how important it is for these women to get screened. Um, 
if not for yourself, do it for your family. I mean, that's it, it's it's a big thing to get to get done every year. Do it. I mean, October's Breast Cancer Awareness Month. That's an easy time to remember. Hey, time to get screened. So, um, and any organizations, please contact the health department here so you, they can come out and you know get a bunch of people together, get a bunch of women together, and have them come out and talk to them. So you know they can learn how important it is um, to get this done. I want to thank you all again. Um, hopefully, we'll be back here again next year, and these numbers will go down even further. So that's the goal. To I know if we get down to zero, you won't have a job anymore, but that's okay, right? <laughs> yeah, we'll no problem at all. Uh, I want to thank Town Grill and Pub once again for being our sponsor, and I believe Sue said she was going to take us all to lunch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sure. As long as Larry's not yeah. there, right? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you again, ladies. Thank you. Thank you. Harford County has something new for everyone. Now at Town Grill and Pub, they also feature vegan meals and gluten-free meals. Also, the Sunset Patio at the Pub also has live music on the weekends. So make sure you make it down to Town Grill and Pub in the Joppa Town Shopping Center, 1006 Joppa Farm Road in Joppa Town. Call them at 410-538-4665 or visit them at town, T-O-W-N-E, grillandpub.com and actually order online and check out some of these delicious vegan meals.